What's up, guys? Welcome to the Hyphen Weekend Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Wilbanks. I hope you're doing great. Let's get the, the show started out. Here we go. I got that gift of faith to make a better way. So take me to the place, oh Lord, that you're wanting me to be. With everything I have inside of me, yeah. Let me see your glory, yeah. Let me see your face. I wanna see the mountains move. Oh Lord, show me the way. I wanna have your faith, yeah. Hey, I need your faith, yeah. I need your faith, yeah. I need your faith, yeah. up guys first i'd like to say i hope you've had an awesome week and i want to extend a huge thank you to you all for joining in with me on the podcast today i believe that the hyphen generation is ready to unlock and experience the greatest revival that this world has ever known on this podcast we will focus on preparing equipping and empowering hyphen across our nation and world to engage with purpose their great commission your time is here and now i'm your host matt wilbanks and this is the Hyphen Weekend Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome again to the Hyphen Weekend Podcast. I am your host, Matt Wilbanks, and I want to say again, thank you, for doing all that you have done to make this uh, a thing because we have now, as of last week, surpassed 750 downloads. I don't know about listeners, but definitely 750 downloads. And I hope that there is more to come. And I can't explain to you how grateful that I am that you have given me your ear to listen to me. I'm mixing it up the last two episodes. I'm just kind of throwing a few things in here and there. Just to uh, leave you on your feet guessing or leave you on your toes because I don't want you to get used to the same old thing. So I want to make sure that I try to keep the content as lively as possible. And so this is my effort and way of doing that. This week I feel very led to talk about a specific situation that I feel like the Lord has us in as the body of Christ I've been preaching out a decent amount lately. Uh, last weekend, two weekends ago, I was on the Gulf in Mississippi, and then that last weekend, I was in Jonesboro, Arkansas. And for the first time in the, my career of preaching out, I preached the same message two weeks in a row. Uh, I've preached messages over before, but not necessarily in in a row. But I kept trying to write a message, and I thought that I had a good one, and it was really witty and really cool, and the title of it was The Guessing Game, and it, and it was awesome because I thought I was going to give the devil a black eye because it was talking about he's always guessing, he doesn't really know, and I'm proving in Scripture that he just doesn't know, and he guesses, and when he's right, he's like that friend that's always wrong until that one time they're right, and they're like, see, I told you, and you're like, you didn't know, you were just guessing the whole time, and so I was going to preach it. It was going to be great, and it was going to be funny, and all that stuff. We were going to stomp on the devil and all the things that we like to do. But God would, would, would refuse to allow me to type this sermon. I was up to about midnight last Saturday night, 
And I was typing, and I was thinking, this is going to be so good. It's going to be so fun. I'm going to preach. It's going to be all the, all these things going to happen. And while I was typing, the Lord began to talk to me. And basically what he was saying in my spirit is, I want you to know you're wasting your time. I've already given you what you need. And so I just want you to use what you've what I've already given you because I have a specific word I need to say to my people and so finally, I stopped struggling with the Lord, and I put that down. And a lot of times in mine and your lives, we are going to do that. We're going to think we're going in the right direction. We're going to think everything is going the way we wanted to go. But God starts to deal with us, and he says, hey, look, I know you're trying to do the right thing. I know that your intentions are well, but I want you to do something else. And we have to make sure that we make the adjustments. We have to make sure that we listen to the Lord and do what he wants us to do. So quickly, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures, um, and, and these are familiar. I believe that we talked about these last week, but I'm going to talk about them in a little bit different manner, if that's okay with you. And so I'm just going to read Romans chapter 12, verse number 3. And it says, For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. If I'm going to access that measure of faith, then I'm going to have to think soberly. And what keeps me sober? Making sure that I don't think too much of myself. Making sure that I don't get too high-minded of myself. If I'm going to be sober thinking, it's not necessarily to do with alcohol and drinking beverages and things of that nature. If I'm going to be sober spiritually, it's going to be because I'm not intoxicated on how great I am or how intoxicated on how many accomplishes, accomplishments I've done, or who I am, or how cool I look, or how good this tie fits, or how pretty my hair is, or how these shoes fit so well with my outfit. We have to be mindful of not being haughty or brought up in ourselves and be sober-minded so that we have access to what this is called as a measure of faith that is given to all men. So if you're if you're running on a treadmill or if you're driving down the road, I want you to think in your own brain or I want you to look into the in the mirror at yourself or if maybe you're getting ready for some, ready for something, I want you to look in the mirror or somehow some way have a reflective moment and say God has given me a measure of faith. Everybody that is born and has breath in their body, God has given them a measure of faith. Now, we talked about this a little bit last week, and I want to reiterate a couple things. Number one, um, um, when Jesus sent the disciples across the water to deal with the uh, the people that were left, the multitude, he said, I'm going to deal with them. Then he goes up into the mountain. Then the disciples go into the midst of a storm in the boat that Jesus sent them on. Jesus leaves the mountain. He goes to them. Simon Peter looks out across the water. I don't know who you are because I can't see you, but I know your voice. And if you're out there, then I choose to be out there. And so what what one thing that I want to go back over that I feel like the Lord really has challenged me with this week, and I want to challenge you with this, is this, and this is verse 27 when Jesus is walking. I'll read 26 just so that we can have some context. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, it is a spirit. It was a spirit because God is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway, Jesus spake to them. He knew they were afraid. He spake to them, and he said, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. Now, I want us to notice this. Before he dealt with their fear, before he dealt with them being afraid, he said, I want you to be of good 
cheer. Now, there are so many times that we read this and we casually pass by because we're concerned with somebody walking on the water and we're concerned with the miraculous that that the wind and the sea and the storms and the waves didn't bust down the boat and it didn't take Simon Peter under and Jesus was able to speak to this stuff and get it out of the way and get the boat to the other side because at the end of the day, that is what this is all about, me and you making it to the other side making it across this world to eternity. Because I understand that it's 2022 and we don't like to talk about it, but the fact of the matter is, is that there is a heaven and that there is a hell. And my good works, my good attitudes, my good deeds will not get me into uh, heaven. It won't happen. The Bible says, unless a man be born again of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom. What does that mean? Simon Peter will tell you because Jesus gave him the revelation. And he said, whatever you bind on earth, I will bind it in heaven. If you loose it, I'll loose it. You tell them how to get here because you have the revelation. And he does. He says, you repent. You're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, you receive power from on high, and you're going to become a witness, and you're going you're gonna to go do all these things, and, and God is going to use you. But this is the formula in which you are to be saved and you are to go forward. But when Jesus is talking to them, he said this first. He says, it's me, I'm here. The first thing I want you to focus on is be of good cheer. I don't want you to give your attention to fear. So many times we come into the house of God or we come into a prayer room or we come into a situation and we focus on the negative because our character flaw, our flesh tells us we've got to see the negative. The one thing that somebody said that wasn't positive, our minds are pulled to, our spirits are pulled to. But Jesus is contrary to this in this moment and he says, be of good cheer. I know there's a storm. I know the wind is blowing. I know the waves are crashing. I know there are a lot of reasons to be afraid, but don't be afraid because I'm here. So before I tell you not to be afraid, I want to tell you this simple phrase. Be of good cheer. Why is being of good cheer so important? Why is it so important that Jesus, and you have to understand, Excuse me. You have to understand that these people are in the middle of a storm. The Bible says that the wind was boisterous. The waves are crashing into the boat. They are afraid for their life, and then they're afraid of a spirit. There's all kind of things happening in this moment. It would be very easy to say they are in a moment of chaos. And in that moment of chaos, Jesus says, I want you to focus on one thing. Be of good cheer that's so it sounds like it's so fundamental but when you're in the middle of chaos the very last thing that you and I are thinking about is having a good attitude let me have a good attitude even though the wind is going nuts even though the waves are crashing in even though I'm not sure this boat can survive the wind and the storm that's in it right now even though I'm right in the middle of something that I didn't even ask for you sent me here in this boat you told me to get in you told me to go across and I'm in the middle of this thing and you're wanting me to have a good attitude about it you're wanting me to be of good cheer 
Why is it that you want me to be of good cheer? Well, here is the answer to that question. To be of good cheer is to know that I'm giving my focus to God and not to my circumstance. We don't see God change things and we don't see God move in certain situations because sometimes we are so focused on fear and wind and waves and all these things and that even though God is standing there, we do not give him access to our faith because he accesses our faith. Get ready. He accesses my faith through my attitude. Now you can say, well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard and that's not true. Well, I have a question for you. When the woman reaches for his garment, her attitude is saying, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, her attitude is what changed that. The, the blind Bartimaeus is standing there, his attitude. He says, I don't care what everybody else says. My attitude is going to supersede everybody standing around because my attitude is Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. My attitude is the doorway for God to access my faith. And if I can ever place my faith into the hands of Jesus Christ, then I have placed faith into life and supernatural things will happen. Will happen. And it happened. We're speaking of the woman with the issue of blood that touched the hem of Jesus' garment. Right before that happened, there's a man, his name is Jairus or Jarius, however you decide to say it. He's a, he's a ruler and he comes to Jesus and he has a daughter who's 12 years old and she's about to die. And he bows before him. He's begging and pleading, Jesus, come to my house with me. Talk to my daughter. Heal my daughter. And Jesus says, okay, I'm coming. But then right in the middle of that miracle about to happen, this woman touches Jesus, everything stops, and the scene stops. And then the next thing you know, people come to Jairus, and they're like, don't bother the master. Don't bother him. Your daughter has passed away. Your daughter has died. And that's what our flesh likes to tell us. Our flesh will tell us, don't bother the master with this. It's too late. You've gone too far. You've went into too much. It's too late. You've already died. The situation has already died. Don't bother the master. But Jesus looks at Jairus or Jairus and he says, believe only. Give me your belief. Give me your attitude. Open up your mind and don't look at the wind that's boisterous. Don't look at the waves that are crashing. Keep your eyes on me, because if you can keep your eyes on me, then I have access to your faith. And when I have access to your faith, the supernatural things of God can happen. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. So when he goes to Jairus' house, he goes in, and everybody's crying, and everybody's upset, and everybody's messed up, and they're all upset. And he's saying, why is everybody crying? And they said, well, his daughter's dead. And he said, she's not dead, she's asleep. And the Bible says that they laughed him to scorn because they knew that she was dead. And I've underlined that in my Bible. I circled that word. They knew that she was dead. Well, I want to tell you a little moment, and, I, and I'm not going to pull the scriptures, but I want to tell you this for just a moment. Your flesh don't know nothing. And I said it like that on purpose. Our flesh does not have the final say. It can be dead, but that does not mean it's dead if Jesus is there. 
Your adversary does not know anything. He knows nothing. He guesses, like I said before, he guesses. He asks Jesus, if thou be the son of man, do this, do that. If you're this guy, you're just guessing. You don't know. And the one time it happens, you're going to say you're right. You're guessing. You don't know. You say it's dead. The flesh says it's dead. But Jesus standing in the room, the way, the truth, the life, he says, get everybody out of here. I got some work to do. Because I have Jay Iverson. He believed and he brought me here. He kept his faith. He put his faith in the hands of life. And he said, I will believe. I will, I will keep my spirit protected from defeat, from fear. I will keep my, my spirit away from these things. And I will make sure that I stay connected to Jesus. I will bring him all the way to my dead situation. My flesh says it's dead. The adversary says it's dead. But my question to you and myself today is, whose report will you believe? And Jairus looks at Jesus and he says, I believe. And not maybe not in his word, but in his actions, Jesus said, believe only. Come with me. I'm going to take care of it. And by his actions, he said, I'm going with you. This is where I live. I'm taking you with me to this thing. I don't care that they said she's dead. I don't care that they're out here crying. I don't care what's going on. The adversary's in my brain telling me it's done. I don't care about all that. All I care about is I'm bringing Jesus to this situation. And we're going to see if he really is the truth, the way and the life. And if you don't know what happens, this is what happens. Jesus goes to the young damsel and he says, Made arise. And I don't know if death had visited her, which it had. And I don't know what these people were thinking other than that, that she was just completely dead and they knew it because the Bible says they knew it. But Jesus said, you know what? I hear what you're saying but I want you to know that you're not God. I'm God. And if you will make sure that your attitude is not for sale, then Jesus can go with you to your house and take care of some needs. Now, the question that he asked for them, or he didn't really ask them the question, he made the statement. He said, I want you, before you focus on fear, before you focus on all this other stuff, this is what I want you to focus on. I want you to focus on being of good cheer. Because if you can focus on being of good cheer, then you're opening a door for me to walk into. You're giving me a fruit to flow through. And when I have access by your attitude to your spirit, access by your attitude to your faith, then there is nothing hindering me from reaching down to your daughter, Jairus, or Jarius, and bringing her back to life. We have family members that are lost. We have friends that are struggling. We have people that have issues. And what God is asking from the church today, I believe, is will you just give me your attitude? Will you give me your faith? You give me access to you because if you will do that, I can reach them. I can help them. You can't do this by yourself. Simon Peter, you step out of that boat in faith. That's great. But you lose faith. You get distracted. You are going to sink. Leave your faith. Leave your attitude. Leave your good cheer in my hands. 
and I will show you things you've never seen before. Jairus's life was changed forever. I don't know how long this 12-year-old daughter lived, but I believe God brought her back to life and healed her completely. And I believe that whatever situation you're facing right now, and I feel God in this room, I believe that he could step in if we would refuse to allow our minds to be focused on the wind, the rain, the fear, all the things that our flesh would tell us to to put our minds on. If we would simply say, I see you, I know you're there, but I simply choose to give Jesus my focus. I simply choose to be a good cheer, of be a, to be of good cheer because Jesus is here. Even if it is dead, if life is there, it can be changed. Even if it's dead and Jesus is in the room, it doesn't have to stay that way. I pray that this matters to you. I pray that this helps you, and I pray that God would talk with you even this evening. And begin to minister to you. Help us, God. Put our eyes on you. Help us, God, not to get distracted by the the world that we're living in that tells us everything is bad and nothing is good. That tells us that the end of time is awful and and that that there are rumors of war and sicknesses and disease and COVID-19 and all these things that would affect the atmosphere of the church, affect the atmosphere of your saints, God. The wind is crazy. The waves are crazy. Some of the daughters have backslidden and died. Some of the sons have gone away. But God, I don't care what all that says. I want to know what you say. I want to know what report you will give me, God. Because if you will give me a word, come to the water. Believe only. If you'll give me those, I'll give you my attitude. I'll give you my good cheer because I know that if you're speaking to me in this situation then your intent is to change it your intent is to make the difference I love you I pray I pray that God would minister to you through this word this afternoon or this evening and I pray that 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 again that that this would just move throughout not just the podcasting network place but that that this would come into your home that this would go from your home to your community, to your school, to your job, to your backslidden friends, to your backslidden family, to your hurting friends, to our our people that God is looking for and that it would minister. Help us, God, to be of good cheer. I challenge you, be of good cheer and let God do what God does, and that's God things. I love you, Hyphen. I love you, everybody that has decided to come and join me I'm grateful and I'm gracious that you would be with me this day. I pray the hand of God be upon you. And I hope you join me again next week. God bless.